Amen. Thank you, folks. What a thought tonight. I don't know that I know that song. Maybe I've heard it before but forgotten. Imagine how differently we'd live our lives if we tried to live them within the eyesight of the cross. Could it be that's what that song is about, Jesus, keep me near the cross? If we were always reminded of the price that was paid for us to be able to live the life of grace, a life of peace, a life of joy. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight, but what a wonderful song. I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, Ms. Chisholm and Claire jumping in on that. Uh, that was good. Let's take our Bibles tonight, go to Romans chapter 5. I told you this morning, wasn't sure exactly how the Lord would have us to preach. I knew that he'd lead us as we were preaching and led us to pull up short. Uh, then preaching the fourth point, I told Brother Micah this afternoon, everyone must have been praying that the Lord would stop us at 3, that way you could get out before 12.15, and so we did, um, but uh, normally I don't do a Sunday morning, Sunday night, it just hasn't been something I've done a lot of, but we'll do that tonight, uh, and look at the last point of the thought that the Lord gave us this morning in Romans chapter <clears throat> number 5. Uh, as, you, uh, as you're turning there, I do want to remind you, keep some folks in prayer tonight. Uh, I think most of our folks are continuing to pray right now for Brother Ballard. Uh, keep him in your prayers as he continues to go through uh, definitive diagnosis on his cancer and treatment that are there. Uh, as well as uh, Brother Leon. Most of you know Brother Leon Franklin. I'm not sure that I can uh, go into great detail on exactly what he is looking at at this moment, but he is in the hospital and uh, having a lot, uh, a lot of complications there. Be in prayer for him, and as well as Brother Jimmy Clark. I, I had the opportunity to meet and get to know him well. Uh, uh, the other day, Brother Gary took me over there to be with him, and obviously dealing a lot with his cancer right now, faithful to preach the Word of God for many years. Uh, built a great church over there, and you pray for him and his dear family and his church uh, as, he is, uh, as he is struggling with his cancer as well. Uh, if you don't have cancer or you're not related to someone who does, you are in a very small minority. It touches a lot of people's lives. And uh, if you're in your good health tonight, you ought to thank God for that, uh, for his goodness and his grace in that. Romans chapter 5, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand again <clears throat> tonight. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, it's only one point left. We're going to get out in one-third of the time. Amen. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But tonight, we're going to look mainly at verse 2. We focus on verse 1 this morning. Let's look at verse 2 tonight. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege to be here today. Thank you, Father, for a great day in your house. It's just a privilege to come, uh, Lord, and be at any church, but to be at Central in particular. Thank you, Father, for the one that was saved today. Thank you, Lord, for the one that was also baptized today. Thank you for working in our midst. We pray you do that again tonight. Just pray that your will be done in the message for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Speaking of our baptism, I have to let you in on a little bit of a funny. Uh, I thought the spirit was about to break loose during the baptism service this morning for little Emmy. Obviously, she is, uh, hasn't reached her growth spurt yet, and I was having to hold her up where everybody could see her, you know, and get some pictures taken. And uh, So I was kind of holding her up and baptizing at the same time, which takes a lot of talent that I don't have. And uh, as I was getting her over... 
I was trying to get her over and, and get her down without getting too terribly wet myself. And then all of a sudden, I thought it was the spirit, but it wasn't. It was just the water that began rushing over my, my waders down uh, into the waders. And the waders have a way of making it go all the way down to your socks. And so I had to have a quick evacuation to the office right after baptism this morning. And so false alarm, it was not the spirit, but thank the Lord for Miss Emmy's profession of faith and uh, coming and being baptized. As I mentioned, another one got a call this afternoon. Another uh, young person was saved after the service today. And I pray that you'll allow God to work in your heart as we finish out this thought tonight on the missing piece uh, the missing piece. I genuinely believe with all of my heart tonight that a lot of the struggles we have, a lot of the burdens we have, worries we have, strife we have in our life, uh, a lot of times we give uh, and we pursue false answers to them. That's not really the problem. The problem we have is we are missing the peace of God in our life. And we looked at Romans chapter 1 this morning on exactly what that peace will do. Uh, just a quick recap, we saw the picture of peace that God's peace is not influenced by our circumstances. Man's peace is influenced by circumstances. God's peace is not. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. We can have peace in the midst of the lion's den. We can have peace in the midst of a fiery furnace. That's the picture of peace we get from God. And I pray tonight you all have a little bit of God's peace in your life. But then we looked at the particular peace. You look down to verse 1. It says we have peace with God. If we want to have peace in other areas of our life, it begins with making sure we have peace with God. We have peace with God, then we have the peace of God. You can't get the cart ahead of the horse. So the peace we're looking for tonight is that peace with God, knowing that what separated us from him, that created enmity between us and him, has been taken away. And that is through what the Bible says through our Lord, verse 1, Jesus Christ. Now, what's the process? We finished up with that this morning. The process of peace. How do we have this peace? Well, as I told you, I underline in verse 1 in my Bible, by faith we have peace. If we just put our faith and trust in not only what Christ did, but what the Word of God says, we'd have more peace in our life. How often do we fret about our finances? And yet if we just have faith in what God said about our finances, we'd have peace in our life. By faith we have peace. By faith we could have peace in our homes. If we just trusted what God said. By faith, we can have peace in our hearts if we just trusted what God said. So the process of peace is by faith. But then tonight, we get to look at the fun part. This is kind of the dessert of the whole message this morning. And I didn't want to just run through verse number four. And I know when that clock strikes 12, it's kind of like Cinderella. We all start to fall apart, don't we? We look real good at 11. We're in our ball gown and we have our crystal slippers and everything looks great. But by about 12 o'clock, when that clock begins to strike 12, we begin to fall apart. And I didn't want to just run through this. And, uh, and so we're going to share a little bit of a good news tonight. We're going to look at verse number 2 and see that even though the peace of God that we get from him is enough. I mean, if God just gives us peace, which he does, that would be enough in and of itself. But the peace of God brings about products in our life. And so tonight, we're going to look at the products of peace in verse number two. <clears throat> now, it is only one point, but I didn't say I wouldn't have subpoints. okay? The products of peace. Now, what is the peace of God that we got in verse number one? What does it yield in our life? What are the products that come, come with it? Well, verse number two, the Bible says, by whom, speaking of Christ, 
by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so we saw in verse number one, by faith we have peace. But the peace that we have through Christ yields other products in our life. What's the first one? The Bible says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. The first product that we have through Christ and the peace of God, number one tonight, the product of peace is grace. The product of peace is grace. Now, whether saving grace or serving grace, we've got to understand something tonight, that God's great, God's peace gives us access to the grace that we're going to need. Now, once we make peace with God, for by grace are ye saved. But after we get saved, just like the Apostle Paul, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm thankful that now through peace that I have with God, I have access not only to the grace that saves me, but the grace by which that I serve. Now, you may not know yourself very well. I know myself pretty good, and I know that I'm just like the Apostle Paul. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am able to serve. It's by the grace of God that I'm able to live. It's by the grace of God that I have peace. It's by the grace of God that I have joy in my life. And so the peace of God leads us to the grace of God. Now, you may not realize it tonight, but grace is one of God's greatest resources that you must have. You must have that. Now, how does that grace come from peace? Well, I want you to think about it this way. Right now, there's a battle going on over in Ukraine. Russia, as you well know, has invaded Ukraine. And there's a war over there. All right, because of that war, our government reluctantly has enacted sanctions along with countries all over the world where we're not going to do business with them. I don't think we ought to do business with Russia to begin with. I think we ought to get our own gas out of the ground that God gave us here in America. Totally separate point for a more political message that maybe we'll have at a separate time. But because there is a war, we have decided that we're not going to do business with them. All right? Because they invaded and broke the peace... We are not going to share resources, our money and their fuel. We have cut off the resources. Now, I want you to think about that on a spiritual level. When there was no peace with us between us and God, we did not have access to his resource, which was grace. But thanks be to God because of what Jesus Christ did in verse number one, we have peace with God. And now that we have peace with God, that peace opens up the door. What does verse two say? By whom also, speaking of Christ, we have access by faith into this grace. Aren't you glad tonight, number one, that we have peace with God? And because we have peace with God, we have access to grace, and that grace is what makes us who we are and helps us do what we need to do. As Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, here's what we've got to understand. This comes in context of Romans 6. Turn over to one chapter real quick. I want you to see how this works together. Watch verse number 1. What shall shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Now, remember this morning we talked about sin. Sin is what puts enmity between us and God. It's when we're in opposition with God. 
Paul says, what shall we continue in sin? That means oppose God and being opposition to God and expect that grace abound. What did he say? God forbid. The only way that we have access to grace is when that enmity, that opposition is gone, when we confess and forsake our sin. Then we have peace with God. Then we have access to his grace. Now watch this. When we oppose getting right with God, whether a lost person or a backslidden Christian, when we oppose getting right, I'm just not going to get right right now. I want to live the way I want to live, do what I want to do, and go where I want to go. When we oppose getting right with God, making peace with God, you're also opposing the grace of God in your life. You see, because once we have peace with God, now we have access through Christ to God's grace. Now, folks, listen, we need grace just to have walking around sense. The Bible says, for without God, we can do nothing. It's only by grace. Paul says, I understand. I am who I am. I do what I do, all because of the grace of God. So we need it. Will we all agree with that tonight? We need it. Therefore, we don't need to be in opposition with God. Whatever stands between us and God needs to be confessed and forsaken because the product of having peace with God is having access to the grace of God. Folks, you may not realize you need it on a daily basis, but you do. You need the grace of God just to be a witness. You need the grace of God to be a godly mom, a godly dad, a godly teenager. You've got to have the grace of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul says, that's how I got to where I'm at. It's not me. It was by grace. But before there was grace, there was peace with God. This is why when there is known sin in our life, we don't realize we're holding back God's grace. Because there is no grace without peace. Genesis chapter 6, we know this well. Verse 8, the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. But how did he find grace? Well, you got to go to verse number 9. I'll read it for you. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Watch this. How did Noah find grace? Verse 9 gives you the clue. Noah had made peace with God. And because Noah had made peace, so how do you know he made peace with God? The Bible says he was a just man or justified. He was perfect or complete in his generations. And Noah walked with God. That's the secret to Noah finding grace in his life. He'd made peace with God. Now, can I ask you tonight, do you need a little grace? Do you need a lot of grace? I need a lot of it tonight. I need it to do and to be what God's called me to do and to be. But there is no access to grace as long as we have not made peace with God. That's why every time we walk out of that door and miss out on an opportunity to get right with God, we just missed out on an opportunity to have grace because we're not at peace with God. I read a statistic this afternoon that on average, the United States imports from Japan over $120 billion of goods annually. That's a lot of money. That's billion with a B. On an average, on an annual basis, the United States uh, imports $120 billion worth of goods from Japan. You say, well, why is that so important? Well, this wasn't always the case. We did not have this working relationship always. As a matter of, a matter of fact, a little over 75 years ago, we were at war with Japan. 
And we weren't sharing anything. We didn't have a relationship. They didn't have access to us. We didn't have access to them. But something wonderful happened between the United States of America and Japan. Watch, we made peace. And once we made peace, now they have access to our resources and we have access to their resources because their cars are better than ours most of the time, to be honest with you. All because of peace. Now, folks, that's the way it is with God. As long as we're in a battle and a fight with God and there's enmity between us and God, you're missing out on the opportunity to have access to the grace of God that you need to function. And, folks, in 2022, you need it more than ever. Hebrews chapter 4. Turn to your right. I want to show you something right quick. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go to a familiar passage. I'll make this point and I'll give you the other subpoint. Hebrews chapter 4. Look down to verse 14. Once again, we're going to be reading about Christ and what he did for us to reconcile us to the Father. Verse 14 says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Verse 14 and 15 tell us what Christ did. Now watch what we get to do. Let us therefore come boldly, unto the throne of grace. You see, because what Christ did for us, Christ reconciled us to the Father. And now because of Christ, we have peace with the Father. And now because of what Christ did, we have access to the throne of grace. But it all began with Christ entering in on our behalf and sprinkling that blood on the mercy seat bringing about peace for mankind, once again reconciled to God. And because now we have peace with God, we have access to the grace of God. And the Bible says, watch this, don't you be him hawing around about it. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Sometimes I go on multiple trips a day. You ought to go with me sometime. You need grace to raise your kids. You need grace to put up with your spouse. You need grace to do the will of God. You need grace to be a witness for Christ. You need grace to simply function as the old song said. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. You can't spiritually, I assure you of that. And now we have access to grace. Why? Because of peace. We have peace with God. The Bible says it through Christ. By whom, verse 2, we also have access by faith into this Grace, for the first product of having peace with God is grace. Let's look at the second thing. The Bible says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And watch this, rejoice. We rejoice. You see, peace with God not only grants us access to grace, peace with God also gives us something wonderful. The second product of peace is joy. Look what it says. The Bible says, wherein we stand, and what are we doing? We are rejoicing. Now, don't miss this tonight. Oftentimes, we use words like joy, happiness, gladness, fun, interchangeably in our vernacular, and sometimes they are applicable. But here's what we've got to make sure tonight. The joy in verse number two, the rejoicing in verse number two, can't be viewed on the same level as earthly amusements, okay? 
The joy we're talking about here is a lot like the peace we were talking about in verse 1. God's peace and man's peace, two totally different levels. God's joy and man's joy, two totally different levels. Uh, I've been thinking about Brother John Lapone is tempting me to go to Fat Boy's Pizza. They say, you are what you eat, and I probably will be if I go to Fat Boy's Pizza. And I'll probably sit down there. I've had their takeout. It's very good. Very, it says, I think, world's largest pizza slice. It's huge. It's bigger than my head. That means it's big. And I'll sit down there, and I will enjoy that slice of pizza. Food brings me joy. Anybody else there? Food brings me joy. I go on a vacation. It's not souvenir stuffed animals. No, I just want to eat food. <laughs> That's the bulk of my souvenir money. It comes out. It's just food. I enjoy. Now, watch this. We can't put God's joy on the same level as a slice of fat boy's pizza, regardless of how good it is. God's joy and our joy are on two totally different levels. Now, here's what you've got to see. This morning, we looked at peace not being influenced by circumstance. Aren't you glad? That the peace of God and the peace with God is not influenced by circumstance. The joy of the Lord is the same way. The joy that we get from God is also not dependent upon circumstances. That's why James 1, 2, the Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. What? What? Count it all joy? I'm supposed to rejoice and have joy when I'm being tempted? Yeah, the Bible says you can. You say, wait a minute, my joy doesn't go out the window when I'm being tempted? No. You see, that's your kind of joy. God's joy doesn't. What does it go on to say? Knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. So that means God knows what I'm going through. God's going to work in what I'm going through. And when it's all said and done, his grace is going to be sufficient. Now, can I ask you something? If we kept in mind that any trial we're about to go through, number one, God knew. Number two, God can work in it. And number three, his grace is going to be sufficient for it. I just have a feeling that might start stirring a little bit of joy. Why? It can't beat you. It can't beat you. It says, count it all joy when you fall into divers or diverse temptations. Someone said this one time. I, I never heard it put this way, but I agree 100%. Joy is the fruit of grace. Joy is the fruit of grace. Now think about it this way. If you truly comprehend the place of grace, if you look at verse 2, watch this. Into this grace wherein we stand. Notice that line there, wherein we stand. If you truly comprehend the grace in wherein we stand, do you know what our response would be? Gratitude toward God in the form of joy. That no matter where you are, what you're going through, that you stand in a place of grace because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only do you stand in any old grace, you stand in a grace that's sufficient. And it's going to be sufficient for whatever you face. If it was sufficient to save your soul, it'll be sufficient for any trial you're going to go through. All of a sudden, you get so excited about that. You show it in your joy. Joy is the fruit of grace. Give you an example, Acts chapter 8, verse 39. 
the Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible says when they were come up out of the water, Philip's baptizing him. When they were come up out of the water, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Don't ask me what that means because all it knows is he took him away. The Bible says that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing. Why was the eunuch rejoicing? I'll tell you exactly why. He understood the place of grace wherein he stood. Now, if you're not careful, here's what's going to happen. If you're not, you're not careful, you'll let the griefs of this world distract you from the grace of God. Okay? You'll let the grief that we go through distract us from the grace wherein we stand. I promise you, there is no grief out there that is any match for the grace wherein we stand. And if we just remember that, all of a sudden we realize there's nothing out there that can take away the grace of God or conquer the grace of God. And suddenly you respond in joy. They can't beat you. It can't overwhelm you. I think about my mom. I'm not sure if they're here tonight. I think my mom's uh, still at home. You pray for her. And I appreciate all the prayers that have been lifted for my mom. Uh, my mom, uh, her body doesn't like itself sometimes. She has lupus and has a lot of different ailments because of lupus. Her body doesn't cooperate. Her health at time is compromised. And oftentimes we don't have answers for what she's going through. And so even though things are always like this, her health is up, her health is down. Uh, I mean, the answers, we don't know a whole lot. But there's one thing that always remains the same. Do you know what it is? It's her joy. Her joy is untouched by health. Her joy is untouched by uncertainty. Her joy is untouched by the fear of not knowing what's going on in your life. Do you know why? That's God's joy. That's the kind of joy we get. Why? By faith, whom also we have access into this grace. You have joy in spite of circumstance because grace is sufficient for whatever you're going to face. Now, folks, this is something I have to deal with often. I get easily distracted. I get easily led away by the difficulty I go through in my life. I'll be the first to tell you. There have been many times over the past two years, there's been a lot that has been grievous, has it not? There's been a lot that we've had to grieve over in two years. And there have been many times over the past couple of years, I was distracted away from the grace of God because of the grief of this world. Do you know how I knew? It was in my joy. You see, when your joy begins to dwindle, it ought to be a red flag or a dummy light on the dashboard of our life telling us we've lost sight of the place of grace wherein we stand. That no matter what we go through, and no matter what we're going to face, no matter the uncertainty, the doubt, and the fear, it cannot take the place of the wonderful place of grace wherein we stand. And if your joy is not where it ought to be tonight, Maybe it's time, as they sang, to get back closer over to the cross and realize the wonderful place of grace wherein we stand. Luke chapter 18, we have the, the story of the ten lepers. I love it. Have you ever wondered where you would be in that group? Would you be the one or the nine? Here are the nine who got so distracted by all that was done, they forgot to come back and give God glory. That one turns around and goes back to Christ. Do you know why I believe he went back to Christ? 
he was overwhelmed by the place of grace wherein he stood. Man, he's running away. I don't know what he wanted to do. I mean, there's a lot of things lepers could not do in that day. The lepers, I mean, they were kind of standoffish in the community. Matter of fact, they had to announce their own uncleanliness as they walked through the crowd. Uh, I mean, they were probably even shunned worse than the Baptist preacher at Walmart, probably. (laughs) That's pretty bad. And yet... I'm sure they all dreamed, man, if I ever get healed, what's the first thing I'm going to do? I bet some of them probably had an idea where they wanted to go eat lunch. Man, I can't wait to go back to Popeye's. They didn't have Popeye's back then, okay? Don't come correct me after the service. I know they didn't, hypothetically speaking, okay? I can't wait to go get something to eat. Maybe one of them wanted to go on a vacation. Maybe one of them had a friend that they wanted to go see, and they all had these plans. And as soon as they're healed, they just take off to go live out all that they've been desiring to do. They're not not bad guys, okay? They were glorifying God. But that one, all of a sudden, I believe he was overwhelmed. Saying, look at the grace. His life exhibited it. And he ran back to Jesus. And he praised him for what he had done. You see, his rejoicing was evidence of the grace. Can I challenge you something tonight? If you have peace with God, you now have access to grace. And oh, what a great grace it is. It's a sufficient grace. If you never lose sight of that grace, you'll always have joy. You'll always have joy. The Apostle Paul, as he's getting ready to die, what did he say? I want to finish my course with joy. Do you know why Paul kept his joy until the day that he died? He never lost sight of the fact that by the grace of God, I am what I am. He never forgot where the grace of God brought him. And if we never forget the goodness of the grace of God in our life, you will always have a reason to rejoice. I mean, I'm serious. People are going to think you're a weirdo. After pumping your gas, singing a song, oh, how I love Jesus. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Man, what is up with you? Don't you realize how much we're paying for gas? Yeah, but I cannot describe the wonderful place of grace wherein I stand. I'll promise you, they'd want to have what you have. Before I give you the last thing, Luke chapter 10, I read this this afternoon, makes a very good point to the disciples not to lose sight of the source of their joy. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. He had just told them, I'm going to give you power to tread on serpents, and scorpions, and true mankind style, they, i just be honest with you, they thought that was cool. They were excited about it. There's no doubt. He said, I'm going to give you power to tread on serpents. Most of us guys run from snakes. I'm going to give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Look, they're thinking to herself, how cool is that? So how do you know that? Well, because verse 20, Jesus says, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hey, look, don't get distracted by this stuff. Hey, that's important. That has a place. The spirits, you have control over them. But don't rejoice in that. Don't lose sight of the fact that your joy comes from the fact that your name's written in heaven. Don't ever lose sight of the wonderful place of grace wherein you stand. And it's all a result because you now have peace with God. And peace with God gives you access to grace. And because the place of grace wherein we stand, it overflows in joy. And I'll tell you, high gas prices can't take that away. It can't take that away. So number two, what is the product of peace with God? It is joy. Because I have peace with God, I have access to grace. 
And because of the grace of God, I rejoice or I have joy. Now, finally, the word you've been waiting to hear. Amen. I appreciate Brother Michael. He's so honest. Even though I'm jealous, he preaches and sings. Kind of jealous about that, but it's okay. The Bible says, by whom also, speaking of Christ, we have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice. What are we rejoicing in? Well, glad you asked. It says, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, this is a beautiful picture. Finally, we see that grace produces two types of joy. I believe this is what we're seeing in verse number two. Now, the first joy is rejoicing because of the work of grace that's been done and is doing. So kind of past and present is the way I see this. But watch this. The joy is not just because of what he did and what he's doing through grace in our life. We rejoice in hope. Hope is a word of anticipation, is it not? Hope is a word of looking forward in anticipation. So not only do you have joy because of what God did and what God's doing, you're looking forward to what God's going to do. And the third product of peace with God is hope. We have peace with God. We have access to grace, which fills us with joy. And then we look forward in hope. Now let me say this again for the last time today. Our hope and God's hope are two totally different things. God's peace, our peace. God's joy, our joy. God's hope, our hope. They're not on the same level. I so say, what do you mean by that? Our hope is when we anticipate a possibility, correct? Our hope is when we anticipate a possibility. The final four is about around the corner, and I'm sure some of you have uh, picked certain teams to win, and you're hoping your team is going to win it all. Uh, most of them that I picked, uh, LSU didn't make it, okay? So uh, my hope has been dashed. The other day when the tornadoes were supposed to be moving through, thanks be to God, they didn't. My daughter was hoping school was going to be canceled by the Heath. She was hoping. But watch this. My hope in the basketball tournament, her hope for the weather, they're all dependent on circumstances, are they not? That the only way my hope would be fulfilled is if the circumstances worked out. You see, once again, low-level understanding of mankind. Our peace is circumstantial. Our joy is circumstantial. Our hope is circumstantial. Our hope is anticipating a possibility. But what is God's hope? Oh, my soul. It's not anticipating a possibility. It's anticipating a promise. All right? When, when the Bible says we have hope in God, it's not anticipating something that might happen. It's something that will happen. Why? Because faithful is he that's promised. That's a check you can take to the bank and cash it every time. Why? Because he's faithful. And because we have peace with God, watch how it works. We have access to grace. And because of the place of grace where we stand, we have joy, not just because of what he's done and what he's doing. We have joy because of what he's going to do. Isn't that great? Some of you almost smiled right there. I saw you caught yourself. Quit doing that. Hey, look, if you're saved, I mean, you ought to smile about the fact that I have a grace that's sufficient for my past, my present, and my future, and because of that, I have joy. What if America falls apart and we become a communist nation? I hate that. I lament that. We should repent because of that. But even if it does, I can still have joy. Why? Because God's still on the throne and God's still working. I can still have joy. My joy, God's joy, is not dependent upon my circumstances. Now, turn with me real quick to your right, 1 Peter chapter number 1. 
1 Peter chapter number 1. And I want to show you something wonderful before we close. The Lord's so good. I mean, he multiplied the bread and fishes, and he's multiplied this one point to get us to 604. Amen. You folks must be godly people for him to multiply it so much. 1 Peter chapter 1. Look down at verse 6. The Bible says, wherein you greatly rejoice. So now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness. How do you rejoice in heaviness? Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Through manifold temptations that the trial, what? We're rejoicing in there's trials in the same sentence. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with the fire, might be found. Notice this phrase here, might be found. That's speaking of future. Unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing future of Jesus Christ, whom, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with what? Joy, unspeakable full of glory this is a joy we have now because of what God's going to do later isn't it wonderful that we can look forward in hope and with joy regardless of trials manifold temptations struggles grief tensions we can still look forward in joy why because of the hope by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I was amazed today as I studied out how many times you find joy and hope in the same scripture. I'll not read all of them for you. Romans 12, 12 says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. It almost seems like it doesn't work, Right? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. How can I be rejoicing and have hope and be patient in tribulation? It's because it's God's joy and it's God's hope. And it's not influenced by circumstance. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Notice circumstances are not even mentioned there because circumstances cannot affect the hope and the joy that come from God. And if the hope and joy you have are affected and dependent upon circumstances, that's yours. That's not God's. Because we can have hope in tribulations, in temptations. The Bible says through the power of the Holy Ghost. So this afternoon, what are the products of peace? Well, they're very simple. We have peace with God. Because we have the peace, of God, peace with God, we have the peace of God. The products of that are very simple. There's grace. a sufficient grace. There's joy. And there is hope. There's a song that I love. I think we sang it, sang it a lot, boy, that first year of COVID in times like these. In times like these. And what does it say? In times like these, you need an anchor. You need an anchor. Aren't you glad as a Christian, you have one? You have one. And it holds you fast. That's what an anchor does. Regardless of what the wind does, that anchor holds you still. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Folks, tonight I pray, number one, 
you have made peace with God, whether you're lost and need to be saved, I pray you've made peace with God. You can have peace with God. And through the peace that we have with God, we have access to his grace. You're going to need it. If you haven't realized that already, I promise you, you will. You're going to need the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God that you will be all that God's called you to be. And that grace is sufficient for whatever we're going to face. And that grace will produce joy. To see all that God's done through his grace in our life. And that joy is not just for now. That joy is looking forward to what he will do. But it begins with what? Peace with God. Peace with God. Can I ask you, have you found that missing peace? That missing peace? Do you have that kind of peace that will give you that kind of joy, that kind of hope, that kind of grace? You could tonight, but it begins with you and God making peace. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.